quick thank you to our sponsors for making this podcast possible. They keep this show free to listen to. With Mother's Day around the corner, are you thinking about a truly special gift for your mom? Let me tell you about mylifeinabook.com. It's a unique service that turns your mom's life stories into a beautiful book. Pretty cool, right? Here's how it works. Every week, mylifeinabook.com will send her questions via email. These can be pre-written questions about her life or any custom questions you wish to ask. And then she can either type her responses or use their voice-to-text feature. And mylifeinabook.com compiles all of her responses into a beautiful keepsake book. And guess what? They can even create an audiobook using her voice recordings. It's like preserving her voice and her stories for eternity. This book becomes a legacy, something your future generations can treasure forever. Your mom's given you a lifetime of stories. This is your chance to give her a way to share them. I used mylifeinabook.com to compile my own stories to give to my daughters for Mother's Day. Check out mylifeinabook.com and use code PEACE at checkout for 10% off. Create an unforgettable gift for your mom this Mother's Day. That's mylifeinabook.com. Use code PEACE for 10% off today. I came to parenting with everything I learned in childhood. Yelling, punishing, controlling, and shaming. After trying almost every method, I found connective parenting and was totally shocked when empathy, listening, doing away with rewards and consequences, and being a safe place actually worked. It moved the behaviors of my children and it felt good, especially with my very strong-willed and highly sensitive oldest daughter. This podcast was born out of the idea of sharing the message and helping parents find more peace in a modern world. Welcome to the Peace and Parenting Podcast. So glad you're here. Welcome back to the Peace and Parenting Podcast. I'm Michelle. I'm so glad you're here. We're going to talk about special time. If you don't know about special time, this will be a treat. If you already know about special time, then maybe this will be a good review or reminder as to just how important special time is. Special time comes from hand-in-hand parenting where I have been certified as a coach. And when I was first introduced to special time, I thought to myself, you know what? I'm a stay-at-home mom. I'm with my kids pretty much 24-7 other than them going to school. And I don't really need to have special time. I don't need to set aside time to hang out with them. I'm with them all the time. I take them to school. I pick them up from school. I have dinner with them. I have breakfast with them. I brush their teeth. I put them to bed. I did everything. My husband at the time spent two weeks away from home working and two weeks in town working. And when he was in town working, he was working so hard. We never really saw him. So I parented alone a lot. I parented alone pretty much the whole time I parented, but I didn't think I needed it because it didn't make sense to me. I already had connection with my kids. I was already there all the time. I was, you know, spending every moment with them. And I often hear this from parents and I totally get it. And I think when we don't quite understand the powerful nature of special time, that it doesn't really resonate with us. But once you start doing it, if you do it in this very prescribed way that I'm going to suggest, it feels good. It feels special. It feels like you are actually participating in parenting in just a slightly different way that has more meaning and that is more heartfelt and that actually makes your limbic system and your brain and your whole body relax. 
it really brought me down. I don't know why. I think because I was connected. I think because I felt a deep connection to my child. And in that moment, I was like, parenting feels so much more worth it when I connect with my child on this level. Now, do I love it? No, because I've got to do it every day. And sometimes I don't want to. And sometimes they want to do the thing that I hate doing. And, you know, I've talked about it before. Jumping on the trampoline at six in the morning was not my idea of fun. The freezing cold before school. But we did it. Playing hide and go seek round after round after round was not my idea of fun. But we did it. You know, Pia baked for months, making goo and icky stuff that I didn't like and wasting ingredients and wasting money. And it was really hard on me, but we did it. And lots of times kids will get repetitive with something. Like they'll find something that they like and maybe they're trying to hone their skill, really learn it. And so they'll want to do it again and again and again and again. And that can be very tiring for us. But I would suggest if you can to stick in there because it shows your child, I'm interested in what you're doing and I'm willing to give up my control. I'm willing to give up my desires and my time to you. I'm gifting you me. I'm gifting you my deep connection in a way that isn't the same as driving someone to school or picking them up from a play date or having dinner with them or putting them to bed. Or I hear a lot, people will say, well, I do the nighttime routine. That's our special time. No child is going to choose nighttime routine as their special time. Kids, they love nighttime routine, but they also hate nighttime routine because nighttime routine for many kids until they're teenagers, it means a huge separation is coming and they don't really want that. Sure, it's a beautiful time. We think it's special because it's special for us. We get to wind down. We get to lay in bed with them. It's very sweet. We're really looking forward to that time when they're asleep and we get to have our time. It's special time for us. I don't think that it's necessarily special time for them. No child is going to pick nighttime routine as their special time. So that's one of the main aspects of special time is that the child gets to decide what it is. And you can't announce it afterwards. You can't say, oh, well, we're playing Legos. You chose that. So this is special time. That's also controlling, right? Because now we are deciding which thing is going to be special time. Oh, this thing over here, because you liked it and we're doing it, that thing's special time. That's not really fair either. And that won't give you the results that you're looking for, meaning it won't give you the relationship piece. It won't give you that deep bonded connection piece when you are announcing it afterwards. And you're also, you're controlling that aspect of it. You're choosing really, even though they've chosen the activity, you're choosing to name it special time, really kind of without their permission. So let the child choose. What I like to do when they were younger is I would say, okay, after school, we're going to do special time. Start thinking about what you guys want to do for special time after school. Because really little kids have a hard time. And when you first start out, some kids will say, I don't know what I want, or I don't want special time, kids will say. And when they say they don't know what they want to do, I would say, well, I know you, I know you're going to think of something good. And I would really wait for them and wait it out. Even if they're wasting some of the time, that's okay. I think it's really important that they find their space to choose something. And sometimes you have to really wait it out. Other times kids will say no. When Esme's mad at me, she says, no, I'm not doing special time with you. I don't want to. 
like she's punishing me, which is okay. I get it. She just doesn't want to connect with me in that moment. She just doesn't want to be with me. And and that's all right. So I just return, you know, I'll be like, okay, that's fine. And 20 minutes later, hey, you want to do special time? Mom, I already told you no. Okay, I get it. I'll come later. So then I come two hours later, still waiting for special time if you're if you're into it. You know, sometimes she'll be like, fine, I'll do special time if you really want to. Like she's, you know, doing me a favor, which is totally fine too, but it's just funny. And I don't really give up. So even if she says no, sometimes I'll come back again and say like, I'm ready now. Do you have five minutes for me? Are you sure you don't have five minutes? And I just kind of, I don't, don't give up. And sometimes, you know, there have been times where she just flat out was like that, that whole day, no, it wasn't happening. And that's okay. Then I come back the next day, but eventually they say yes, but don't stop offering that connection piece to them, even if they've said no. Some other pitfalls of special time are kids don't want to stop. And many kids don't want to stop at the very beginning because they're like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I love this. I want more. Please don't stop. Give me more. And so you have to set the limit, unfortunately, and say, I'm so sorry it's over. I got to go be with you. No, got to continue what we're doing in the night, or I've got to do everybody's special time, or whatever it is. Got to set the limit. And then they have a meltdown. So now special time has turned into 20 minutes of special time plus the meltdown. And now you're like, wait, this isn't worth it. I'm not doing 40 minutes because I've got the meltdown. And then, you know, I've got 20 minutes of special time and I've got three kids. And Yes, can be very rocky at first, but if you can stick in and if you can get through that and if you could say, okay, this is just a season, this is a season of them not understanding because they want it so badly and it's been so scarce. If you listen to my scarcity episode, scarcity causes desire. So if it's scarce, then the child wants it more because there's more desire to have it. So if you keep going and keep getting through it and keep making it consistent over time, they kind of just meld into it and they understand it's part of the schedule and they understand when it stops and when it starts, but it might take you a few weeks to get there if you're still, if you're still trying this. Also, I've used, I've used electronics for my other child. Pia couldn't, she couldn't do it. She was barely three, I think, when we started. And she couldn't do it. She just couldn't manage being by herself. And as many two and three-year-olds can't, they really can't just play alone. She couldn't just play alone. So I gave her the iPad. At three years old, I gave her the iPad. I'm not ashamed to say it. I gave her the iPad. She listened to books on tape and she played her little games while I got time with Esme, who I desperately needed to connect with. And then, of course, I had to give Esme the iPad time over time, though, we weaned off of the iPad being a crutch because they were feeling better and more connected and they were able to wait through each other's special time, which wasn't the case at the beginning. So that's what you might get too. Like the one child's always interrupting the other kid's special time. And then you've got to walk them back and then they keep coming back or they say, no, don't do special time with Maria. I don't want you to do special time with her because they're they're upset. They want that special time. They're like, oh my gosh, it's so good. She can't have it with with my brother. He can't have it with my sister. No, I need it. So if you can move through that space too. So you have a lot of growing pains in special time. Sometimes, depending on what connection looks like in your house, it might be murky to get it done at first. And that's normal. 
please know that that's normal and don't give up on it. And also don't give up on the kid who says no. They'll say yes eventually. And maybe they only say yes once this week, but maybe next week they say yes two or three times. And then the following week, maybe they say yes even more because they want that connection. They deeply do. And as do we, so don't give up on it. My one-on-one parenting sessions are designed for us to dive deeply into your own personal parenting struggles. I wasn't being who I wanted to be as a parent, and I was often just really at a loss for what to do in situations that felt really hard. That's where we were when we started. We unravel those struggles using connection as opposed to resorting to punishments and threats and bribes. I teach you how to make that change. Myself and my husband like just didn't really know how to connect with our daughters. It was like a complete paradigm shift from what we were doing that was very obviously not working into more, how can I be the best parent you need me to be in whatever situation we find ourselves in? Let me help you find more self-regulation so you can have the calm household that you always wanted to have. And now I'm like, duh, <laughs> like, I've learned this sooner. Become my private client today to find more peace in your household. Go to courses.peaceandparentingla.com forward slash private hyphen sessions to find out more information. Well, I'm so glad we found you. Thank goodness for Instagram. Back to this piece about how it makes you feel. I think I felt like lighter afterwards and refreshed and deeply connected to my kid in a way I hadn't before. Now, I don't necessarily feel that as as it's not doesn't sting as much as it used to it used to like kind of fire me up like oh my gosh that was heartfelt that felt deeply moving to me almost now it feels regular because i think our connection is not just in the moments of special time because i think at first the only time i really felt connected to the kids was during special time but then as our connection grew i felt it during tantrums i felt it during play I felt it in the moments where I was able to be um, super, um, a really good listener. So I started to feel it in all these other moments, but it it began with the initiation of special time. And that's where I kind of was like, oh my gosh, connected parenting is like a drug for me. I need more of it. I have to get more connection. I'm going to do whatever I can to infuse the connection into our relationship because it felt good. It felt euphoric. I think, you know, maybe endorphins are released or something chemically could happen when you're connecting with someone else. So I needed more of it. So I hope that when you do special time, that that, that not every time, but that sometimes it feels like that super connected place. So there's a couple other things about special time. One is, is that it's timed. I like to say 20 minutes. If you have more than three kids, probably won't be able to do 20 minutes or like 10 minutes, 15 minutes and that it's time. So you time it, you turn a timer on, you turn the time and the timer goes off. And then that really distinguishes that it's beginning and it's ending. And when we start the timer, it's amazing. If you say, Oh, I'm starting the timer and I'm announcing it. It's special time. Something changes it. Your phone goes away. You're super focused on your child. You're not paying attention to other adults or anything else that's going on on in your home. And I think that's what the announcement is for. The announcement is for we are all gearing up to have undivided attention, which is something we don't often really do in parenting or in our in our lives. And so 
when it's announced, it kind of, it flips everything for you where you're like, oh yeah, the rules are I got to put my phone away. The rules are it's just one-on-one. The rules are I can't talk to other people. And so that announcement really clicks that in for us. So we, we time it and announce it. And then it has to be kid-driven. So it has to be whatever the child wants. Well, within reason. My kids at one point were like, let's go shopping. And I'm like, um, no, we're not, we have 20 minutes, first of all. They're like, oh, we can go buy in our 20 minutes. We could go shopping. I'm like, we're not spending money during special time. So that was one thing that I, I cut out. It's like, no money spending during special time. I've kind of gotten away from that. I, I'm going to talk about teens in a minute, but I've kind of gotten away from that. But when they're little, I, I just said, no, no spending money, no sweets. I kind of got away from sweets now too. I'll explain. And I tried to stay away from electronics. Well, I was, I was using electronics to get special time. So everyone was getting electronics anyway. It was just, it was a means to an end. But I tried not to do the electronics with the kids. Every once in a while, they would be- beg me, can you do Roblox with me, please, mom? Yeah, I want to. And I'm like, okay, fine. Let's do Roblox every, you know, few weeks. We would, Pia and I would do Roblox. because She wanted to show me her whole world that she's building and this stuff, you know, and I would get in there with her and see and it garners you a lot of goodwill and respect. And so I would do that every once in a while. I would do the ones they that, that were taboo, like, okay, yeah, let's go get ice cream or okay, yeah, let's go buy something. But for the most part, we tried to stay pretty clean to like 20 minutes at home without electronics, sugar, or buying something. Yeah, I have teenagers. It's hard to connect with a teen. It, it, it really is because you can't just go play Legos or go do blocks. They kind of don't want to hang out with you as much. You're not their like you're not necessarily their go-to person for everything. But I think special time, if you can keep it going, could cement you as one of their go-to people. So, you know, I when Esme turned um 12, we went through a big growing period where she was really tough. She was hard. She was really hard. And so the only thing that I could really get her to do with me was to go to Starbucks. So we spent a lot of days at Starbucks getting drinks and it went against all my rules, right? It went against the sugar rule. It went against um, the buying things rule. And I had to let that go. And I think it was a good move because it those days at Starbucks were very, it's right down the street from our house. You know, we could just walk there. We could drive there in two minutes and it became this, kind of safe place for us to kind of have a little chat and to talk. And it's it's really what she wanted to do. And so I indulged her in that. And that also was a season. Of course, then Pia wanted to do it. And she was, you know, (laughs) three years younger, but that's fine. She got introduced to the world of Starbucks a bit soon. But isn't Starbucks like, I feel like it's like the new McDonald's or something. It's like the grossest stuff. The kids love it. It's so sugary. I'm not into it, but um, I, I indulge my kids in it once in a while because they like it so much. And they're kind of growing out of it too now, which is interesting that they think it's gross. Like they um, have started to think that it's not that great, which is it's good. So the teens, we would go to Starbucks. That would be our thing. Um, a lot of times, Esme will say to me now, can you come watch me eat? That's been her thing. <laughs> her thing lately. Can you come watch me eat? Because all of us are in these different schedules, we're all over the place, and so yeah, I come and I watch her eat. Can she wants me to scratch her back? So she asks me to come in and scratch her back, or I ask if I can come scratch her back. And for teens, you don't necessarily have to say special time, but I think if you've done it for a long time, that you kind of gear up for it and you know what's coming, and, and you know to like put things aside. 
unannounced special time for teenagers, I think is good too. Like some teenagers, if you're just starting, they don't like that baby term. Like you want to do special time? Probably don't like that. I just ask, can I hang out with you? Yeah, I'd like to spend time with you. You want to do I ask as me, can we have plans? Because she's always like, I have plans. I have plans with my friends. I have plans to do this. I have plans to do that. And I always say, can we make plans (laughs) so that we can have like a little 20 minutes together? Pia still wants me to watch her dance, which is so fun. I get to watch her dance. I'm one of the only people that she likes to dance in front of at home. And then Pia, of course, her big thing too is, can you just give me a hug? She just wants me to hug her and sit with her on her bed. Only if I'm showered though. You can't sit on Pia's bed if you're dirty. That's not something that's happening. She'll come in your bed if you're dirty or she's dirty. She'll come in. If she's dirty, she'll lay on your bed. She doesn't want anyone dirty laying on her bed. Just for anybody who's like a long-time listener, this is the child who wouldn't take the shower, right? She's a child that I think she went like a week, 10 days without a shower and then took one shower and then went another like week, 10 days without a shower because I was just like, okay, it's your responsibility. I want you to learn, you know, when you're dirty. Well, that kid didn't learn right away. So she was this dirty kid for a little bit, for like a month. And then she figured it out. But now the child showers day and night, all the time, sometimes two times a day. And she won't let anybody sit on her bed unless they're they're freshly showered. So just FYI, they can learn. Or maybe they learn too well. So she wants me to hug her and lay with her and be with her. So with teens, I really try to just get in there. If they don't ask you, my, my kids ask me. But if they don't, you are asking them. You are saying, can I hang out with you? Can I come sit on your bed? And can I watch you? I even succumb to this idea like, can I watch you scroll TikTok? And can I look at your Instagram with you? Can I look at your social media with you? And then you can ask them about it. It's a good opportunity to find out what are they doing and what are they looking at and trying to really get into their world. And so teens are a bit different. They're not going to come seek you out as much. Mine do, I think, because I've been doing this for 12 years and it has been a practice. I mean, I was super diligent about it every single day, lots and lots and lots of special time. Sometimes multiple times a day, but your teens aren't necessarily going to seek you out. So you need to seek them out. So special times rules. We are timed, we are announced, and it was child-driven. And if you can stick to those and you can do them on a regular basis, many, many, many days in a row, you will see the fruits of your labor. A client of mine just said to me, oh my gosh, I did special time. And then the kids played together for two hours hours. They've been fighting for weeks. They play together for two hours. So it gives you time because you have a more regulated child over time. You have a kid who's doing better, who's more connected, who's thinking better, their brain is working better. So I know it's hard at the beginning, but if you stick in, you will see the fruits of your labor. All right. If you have any questions about special time, I have another special time episode from season one. I think it's number two. I also have a special time guide that we will link in the notes here and you could download it um, and it could be super helpful. And I also talk about special time in my online courses. So if you're interested in those, you can take a look. All right. Thanks for joining me on the Peace and Parenting Podcast. I'll see you next time. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.